Hello and welcome to the Filmmaking Stuff Podcast, where you'll get insider tactics on how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, LA-based motion picture executive, Jason Brubaker. If you've been working towards your next film project, you know that sooner or later, somebody somewhere, maybe even yourself, is asking the age-old question, and I dare say a very important question, which is, how much money will my film make? You know, that's a good question. Because as fun as it is to go out and put together a project and bring that project to life and get that project up on a screen that you share with audiences all around the world, as good as that feels, at the end of the day, we're just talking about emotions. And, and what you feel about something doesn't necessarily pay the bills. So when, when you're thinking about the question, how much money will my film make? We have to realize that, that the answer to that question has changed quite a bit through the years. In fact, just a few short years ago, the entire distribution landscape revolved around a business-to-business paradigm. And these days, that paradigm has shifted to one of a business-to-consumer. And let me go ahead and give you some examples of what I'm talking about. Let's just pretend that it's 1995, okay? You just got done making this awesome film and you got to film out and, and my gosh, you, you overcame so many challenges because you had to find a camera, you had to find a film, you had to figure out how to afford processing, had to figure out how to do a one light transfer to video if they even did that back then. But nonetheless, you did a lot of labor. It was really, 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 really tough. Um, and if you were fortunate enough to do that and you were fortunate enough to find a distributor, the way the model worked is you as a filmmaker make a product, you work with the distributor, that distributor works with a video outlet like Blockbuster Video, for example, and that video outlet, their whole goal is to get customers so that they can attract distributors so that those distributors can buy content or license content from independent filmmakers. Boy, what an awesome model. What an awesome world that must have been to, to be working in a landscape where you know, when you made a deal with Blockbuster Video, you knew exactly how many units you were going to sell. I mean, you can imagine that, that it was an actual number. And if you knew how many units you were going to move, you knew what you were going to get paid for those units. Then you could go out and find vendors to help you create the, the product and help you ship the product. And you could make a profit margin. And you could do this as a distributor with like hundreds of filmmakers. And boy, uh, I, I can only imagine that those, uh, for many people, those were the good old days. Well, now we've shifted. You've seen what happened in the music industry. You've seen what happened in the publishing industry. It's finally happened in the motion picture industry. Um, you may argue, well, Jason, there's still you know, some people that buy DVDs. And I'll be like, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, There's still people that buy records. There might even be people that still buy eight tracks. I, I don't know if that's a fair analogy. I know, you know my brother-in-law has a record player and he really likes records. But my point of all of this is, can we just agree that we're shifting towards a video on-demand world? These days, you can watch whatever you want to watch when you want to watch it. And you might say, well, okay, well, how does that affect everything you just talked about? Well, because we no longer have the video outlets like Blockbuster Video, the, the, the way that the distribution landscape has shifted is it now goes from the filmmaker who produces a product, you find a distributor, and then that distributor, instead of having a relationship with a video outlet that's going to pay a licensing fee you know, for X number of units, oftentimes what's going to happen is between you and the distributor, you're both responsible for finding the customer. And this is the sole reason why 
using comps to determine how much money your movie might make is a little bit of a BS kind of way to go about it. And, and again, um, let's focus on that for like a quick second. So if there's 10 other films out there that are similar to yours and each one of them went out in a marketplace like iTunes and, and they did some degree of success, like that doesn't have a whole lot to do with your film because we're talking about a direct to consumer marketplace. I know I keep harping on this, but by the end of this conversation, I, I want you to have that in your mind that we're in a direct to consumer marketplace. So instead of using comps, instead of looking at other films that were successful and trying to compare them to your film, because it, there, there's really no comparison, right? I want you to focus instead on unit sales. And the question being is how many unit sales do you need to make in order to hit your goal? So if we assume that iTunes is roughly 70-30, in terms of the split. So that means that you get 70% of each sale and iTunes gets to keep 30% of each sale. Um, let's use numbers. So you sell it for 10 bucks, sell your film for 10 bucks, you get to keep seven. So that means that if you made your film for $100,000 and that was your goal, you need to make $100,000 no matter what, then that means that you need to sell 14,286 units. So 14,286 units. When you start thinking that way, you know, because all I did was I divided uh, 100,000 divided by seven, it comes out to 14,286 uh, roughly units. And you might say, oh my gosh, Jason, that's a lot of units. How the heck am I gonna sell 14,286 units? Um, you know what? That's the best question you can ask you. It's not how much money your film's gonna make, it's how many units you're gonna sell. More importantly, how are you going to sell that amount of units? Because once you know how many units you need to sell, now you start looking at different blogs, websites, different influencers in terms of your, your casting if you haven't let, yet made the film, or in terms of finding influencers that would help you cross-promote through their channels. Um, and one of the things that you're looking for as well are email lists. Email lists of, of, of you know, large publications that are already catering to the people that you're trying to reach. And, and so maybe they'll do an email blast on your behalf. Maybe they'll do a huge profile. Maybe, maybe you're going to have to, you know, become a, one of these people that really goes out and, and hustles their own PR. But ultimately, once you start, once you know your number, once you know how many units you need to sell, then you start working backwards, right? And you come up with this plan of 10, 15, 30, 50, 100, 200 different blogs, publications, websites, etc., with a plan for each one of those and and not just a plan but by now you know the person that runs the blog or the website or the publication they know how many readers they have they know how many subscribers they have so if you know that you can infer how many people you're potentially going to get in front of and you can make conservative estimates conservative estimates in terms of how many units you're going to sell through each one of those channels and you start working backwards and, and ironically, when you do this stuff, when you actually do the work, which I'm not telling you is easy, by the way, but when you get it done, ironically, you're going to start attracting distributors. They're going to start coming out and they're going to want to work with you. And the reason they're going to want to work with you is you, the hard part's over. You've already figured out how you're going to move all these units. And, and now the distributor sees an opportunity to work with somebody that's going to help them make money. I mean, that's as goofy as all of that sounds. At the end of the day, one of the things that I've seen, ironically, is the films that get the best distribution deals don't necessarily need a distributor to be successful. And the reason why you wouldn't need a distributor to access some of these popular marketplaces is 
there are various aggregators out there that you can actually pay um, you know, upfront to, to cover all your lab expenses and your delivery fees. You take on those expenses yourself. You become the distributor. You can reach some of these marketplaces. So, you know, it, it's an interesting landscape out there. I hope all of this stuff about, you know, direct to consumer um, or a business to business paradigm that's shifted from a business to consumer paradigm. I hope all of that stuff resonates with you because it's pragmatic. And at the end of the day, if you just say, how many unit sales do I need to make in order to hit my goal, then I guarantee you're going to start answering that question. And more importantly, you're going to start answering the question of how you're going to do it. And if you do that, you're going to be ahead of like 90% of every filmmaker that I ever talked to. So with that in mind, you know, you know what to do. Get out there. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Filmmaking Stuff podcast with Jason Brubaker. If you like our show and want to get more filmmaking info, make sure you check out filmmakingstuff.com and join us every week for new filmmaking tactics. Until next time, take action and make your movie now.